Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Ever since I told that story about if you're not sure who the mark in the room is, the mark might be you. Suit's been in the restroom looking at the mirror thinking. (laughs) Does that bother you? I'll just let things go <laughs> and let things be the way they'll be. That's all you can do. Hey, you're off tomorrow. What do you care? All right. <laughs> I'm in True. punching it. I'm in punching in like I always do. <laughs> Two straight years punching in. <laughs> Wait till the end of next month when you're looking around going, where is he? <laughs> all right. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Swung on rip towards left field. That's going to get down for a hit, and Hoskins has given the Phillies the lead. Andrew McCutcheon will come home and score, and Reese Hoskins has put the Phillies on top here in the 10th inning, 3-2. to two. That was yesterday. Today they lost. <laughs> I feel like a downer. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Humble's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Today, by the way, the anniversary of Phil Mickelson's only win at the Players' Championship. Of course, it's not designed for him, but he won. But now we're going to talk about Matt's least favorite subject. (laughs) Matt has become anti-horse. All right. Won't won't watch any reruns of my friend Flicka. Nothing. <laughs> okay. Sea biscuit on demand gone. <laughs> You're anti horse. Just anti Bob Baffert. And with that, we bring in Dick Girardi. Welcome, sir. Steve, did I ever tell you about the time I aced the Island Green where the players is? Uh, you never did. No. So I walked up to the island green, took a look, picked up a ball, walked around, and dropped it in the hole. So this is where you're just far more clever than the rest of us. <laughs> that is otherwise known as, what did he use? A hand wedge. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I was ever getting it over the water. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I never played. I had one opportunity to play that course once, but it, you know things came up i couldn't do it we were down at the gator bowl once so they said hey you want to yeah. go I'm like hey i'll go and then also the, the yeah. trip got canceled yeah and they said no you're out uh yeah i did walk it one day it's actually a fascinating place but uh so on to more important uh so sunday i'm driving in the car and i'm listening to mad dog sports radio and it's dick girardi uh <laughs> so what was Sunday like for you when everything broke about Bafford? Well, strange, right? Uh, there hasn't been a derby disqualification because of a positive drug test since 1968, so it's certainly not something you're expecting. Um, 
just trying to understand what this what turns out to be an anti-inflammatory was all about, trying to digest the news that Baffert's saying, yes, we did give this to the Philly Gamine last September when she was disqualified from her third in the Kentucky Oaks. We just thought it would be under the limit. Turned out it was over the limit, so she was DQ'd. They lost the purse. But this time they didn't give it to Medina Spirit at all. And you're trying to figure, well, wait a second. If they didn't give it to him, how is it in his system? So that was kind of confusing. And then Baffert, who I, I thought did okay at the beginning, made a big mistake on Monday when he went on the media tour and canceled culture. And, yeah. I mean, it was, just, it was just silly. It was like, you know, what are you doing? Just get on a plane, go back to California, let your lawyer talk for you. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then Tuesday, of course, they put out the statement saying, hey, look, we now realize we were giving this horse uh, uh, for a skin skin treatment for he's having some skin issues. Uh, this Automax, which is an ointment, which, incredibly enough, one of its properties is batamethasone. And you're going, what? Like, you know, what what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and you and I have had this conversation about other events through history, but. Everybody will now assume, because that's what we do, you assume the worst. You assume there's some grand conspiracy where all the evil geniuses are plotting to fix the Kentucky Derby. I think the most likely explanation for what happened is just pure, cold stupidity. That's that's generally the right answer, right? You think, oh, wait a second, this is a multi-million dollar operation, Mm -hmm. and they have this topical skin ointment and nobody bothers to look at the label to see that it has an ingredient that can't be on a horse in a horse on race day. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that sounds insane, but I, I can believe it happened. Uh, and maybe the vet who prescribed it thought that that was such a small property in this ointment that it wouldn't show up at a test. Uh, that, that's all stuff to be determined, Steve. But yeah, we do know now they've said, hey, look, the horse got this ointment for 30 days for the skin rash, and maybe that's why there was a positive test. But I think we need to know more. Uh, hopefully we will eventually know more. I, I hope the vet who prescribes it comes out at some point and explains why, uh, and then maybe we'll get a better sense of it. Right. But I get the public – look, the pu- what does the public see, Steve? They go – Derby winner test positive. That that they're done, right? That's yeah. the end of the story. For that. There's no subtle. There's no nuance. There's none of that. Uh, and and look, I I've, I've listened to some what some really smart veterinarians have had to say about it this week. This is an anti-inflammatory. It's generally not something you would give a horse to enhance performance. It's really not. It's pretty far down on the scale. Um, but at the same time, the reason they don't want it in a horse on race day is because as an anti-inflammatory, it could potentially be masking a problem the horse might have. So it's really for horse safety, not for enhancing the horse's performance. They don't want anything to happen to the horse. And if the the vets are looking at the horse before the race, and maybe he's not showing any signs of lameness, but he's got problems which are being masked by this anti-inflammatory, that's why they don't want it in on race day. Uh, in fact, uh, you referenced Dancer's Image in 1968, and I remember in growing up in New England, Dancer's Image was a big deal because Peter sure. Fuller, Peter yep. Fuller, big time Boston car dealer, yep. owned the horse. So yep. wow, the horse won. It's like, hey, a horse, you know, it's owned by somebody that's you know from our area. 
won won the Kentucky Derby, and then of course he got disqualified. But they allowed the horse to run in the Preakness, if I remember, and I think it finished third, and then it got DQ'd in a bumping incident right. or it, something like that. He had a rough May, Steve. Yeah, right. <laughs> horse in the Derby DQ'd for a Butte Overage, and Butte is essentially a horse racing version of an aspirin for us. Right. Um, just wasn't legal then; it's legal now. Right. Um, and then, right, and then got DQ'd for an in-race incident like maximum security. So, yeah, I'm sure Peter started thinking people were out to get him. It's, it's interesting. It, his daughter, Abby, actually became a very good jockey later years and yeah. won the Philly Triple Crown on a horse uh, called Mom's Command, uh, trained by a guy named Ned Allard. Um, so, yeah, that was a bizarre incident back, yeah, again, 1968. Yeah. hasn't happened since. And yeah. Look, if Baffert hadn't had these other similar-sounding incidents within the last year, right. I think more people would have been willing to you know, say, all right, you know, this is probably just a screw-up. But because he did have them, now everybody's thinking it's a pattern of behavior, and, and he's Lance Armstrong. I, I don't see that. <laughs> Right. Uh, at all. I mean, look, Lance Armstrong clearly had a performance in answer. His whole team had it. He threw everybody under the bus. Uh, but the problem is it just doesn't look good for the game, right? You're saying, right. well, this is the biggest name in the sport. You know, what are you doing? You know, what, what right. kind of an operation are you running here? Right. Uh, that if, in fact, it was the dumb explanation, which I ascribe to until somebody else proves otherwise, I mean, it's like... Like somebody, somebody's going to get fired in there. Uh, but just like, you know, it's just like, how, what, why? Can't, what should this even show up on a drug test if it's a property in this uh, this Automax? I mean, I, I need a vet to explain that. Right. I mean, I'm sure that'll all happen ultimately at a hearing. Uh, what'll right. happen, Steve? This split sample that they're going to send down. Right. Once that test positive, and I feel I feel pretty confident it will. Yeah. Then they'll have a hearing in Kentucky. And then we'll get a better sense. I'm sure there'll be experts testifying and how it plays out. But ultimately, I think the horse is going to get DQ'd for the Derby. I right. think that's it. It's just going to be hard to get beyond that, I think. Exactly. By the way, uh, under the all's well that ends well, Dancer's image was retired to stud in Ireland. So, hey. okay. Yeah, yeah. So just so okay. this is a follow-up. Hey. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, that's uh, we, you, uh, you and I, of course, talk all the time, as everybody knows, all the time. <laughs> so... <laughs> This this Medina Spirit was not Baffert's best horse entering the year. Correct, uh, not even close. And exactly right. Life is good is was was the horse. Yeah. Uh, was he even surprised this horse actually ran the way it did? He was. Yeah, no, he really was. It's funny. I, I texted him a few days after the race just to congratulate him, and he said, "Look." We train these horses like lions are running after them, right? So that's why they're all fast. And when this horse got loose on the lead, he was dangerous to win. I mean, that's when he runs his best race. But yeah, he's not, he's not the best horse in the barn. He ran against Life is Good twice, uh, this winter. Lost a close race the first time and got crushed by eight lengths the second time, but then Life is Good got hurt. So yeah, Baffert won with the second string. For the second year in a row, uh, the difference is that nobody claimed Authentic was on anything illegal right. last year, but they are claiming that this year. I mean, I don't, I don't have any doubt to think that the test is valid. I think even if Baffert before was saying, well, you know, you get it, there's no way this test is right. They, they've obviously gone back on that. But, again, why they didn't – somebody didn't look at the label of this ointment, I mean – 
again, you could say, hey, maybe they're trying to just come up with a reason this is test positive and there's some other nefarious thing going on, that this drug covers up some hideous stuff that they're actually moving. Um, I, yeah, look, anything's possible, right? You know, it, it's possible that the sky is red, but most of the time it's blue. <laughs> Depends on your neighborhood. Uh, yeah, there is that. <laughs> Uh, Street Sense won the Kentucky Derby in 2007. His son is concert tour uh, that has had three wins and a thoroughly baffling third place finish in the Arkansas Derby. Uh, how good is that? Does anybody know how good this horse is? Yeah, I, you know, Steve, I am, I am not on the concert tour bandwagon. Yeah, his his three wins were good, right? I mean, he's undefeated going to the Arkansas Derby. But circumstances were in his favor. Um, and the Rebel Stakes, 13th of March, one by four. It, it's the circumstance where a horse has to look good, and he did. But he runs very fast. So I'm thinking, you know, how good is this horse really? So next time he's one to five, instead of getting the front, he's chasing. It gets to the critical moment in the race, and the horse hits the wall. Has nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. Hey, look, maybe he'll come back. But even, it's one of these. Even if he runs his best race, that may not be good enough. And since it's the other baffer, you got a strategic decision to make because Medina Spirit and Contratore are the same style. They both are early speed types. So who's going? Who's waiting? What's going to happen? And obviously you think Fabbert is going to be more interested in seeing Medina Spirit win, right? right. He could win the faux, win the faux triple crown, right? Win the triple crown and then get DQ'd later for the <laughs> winning, winning the derby. I mean, it, it, just to add to the bizarreness of the whole thing. Um, so I'm going to try to beat Contra Tour, which may not be a great move given Baffert's <laughs> record of the Preakness. Um, I don't have any reason why Medina Spirit isn't going to run well. He's run well every race. Right Now, there are those who are going to say, wow, he won the Derby because they were up to no good. I am not one of those people. Uh, I think he won the Derby just because of circumstance. It put him in a position to win. And it's not like Baffert hasn't won the Derby before. Um, so I like Medina Spirit again. I like Midnight Bourbon. I am. Of all the horses that ran in the Derby, Steve, he got the worst ride from my man Mike Smith, who yeah. I love, but he is 55. Um, and I don't think he's in the same form he was three years ago when he won the Triple Crown on Justify. Big jockey changed to Irad Ortiz, totally taken out of his comfort zone in this last race. Usually he's right up near the front. Yeah. This race he's 11th uh, after the start, got off, the, got off to the worst start in the field. And ended up running sixth. It was he, he kept trying. Yeah, um, he so ran kinda, he, he ran twelfth most of the time. I think he got he himself did. to sixth. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought he ran. I thought he really ran well under the circumstances. And this circumstance is going to be dramatically different. He'll be right in the race. Yeah, I would think when they hit the first turn, it's going to be Medina Spirit, Midnight Bourbon, and Concert Tour in some order. Uh, and if that's the case, then Midnight Bourbon's going to have a real chance. Uh, to win it, um, not a, you know, sense by any means. I, look, Medina Spirit's the horse to beat. It's one of the Derby, right? right? Why wouldn't he be the horse to beat? Yeah, and it's a shorter. It's a mile and three sixteenths. Yep. yep. Uh, of the double digits, anybody we should look at? Yeah, I, I thought Keep Me in Mind ran better than the paper. Right, he ran seventh. He was last, 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 and then he was super wide in the Derby. 
He's one of only three coming out of the Derby to run back in the Preakness. It is funny, right? Every year they, they, there's 19, and then half of them go to the Witness Protection Program. <laughs> After the Derby, right? Their, their owners are down there drinking mint juleps, and then you realize, oh, my God, my horse is really not that good. <laughs> let's, let's, send them to, uh, let's send them to Penn National. They might do a little better at ours. Yeah, it's, just like, it's just weird. So I thought Keep Me in Mind ran okay. Um, better than the paper, he finished seventh, but he's going to need a little better ride than uh, my man David Cohen gave him at the Derby, and he's back again to try. Um, yeah, if, if there's one I'd like to see run well, uh, the one Ram, only from my man D. Wayne, who's closing yeah. on 90, yeah. and he's still out there on his pony every morning. <laughs> and, uh, and, of course, he holds the record. His sec- he's won the second most triple crown races behind uh Baffert, and what do those guys have in common, Steve? They started their careers in quarter horse racing, yep. which is all about speed, yep. and they brought that thought to thoroughbreds, and that's how they won their races. They trained their horses for speed, and they're always in the race, and, and many of them keep going. Baffert's keep going all the way to the most great one wins in the history of the sport. All right, big picture uh, question. Uh, obviously, uh, the people at Churchill Downs, and of course, Kentucky, they have their own rules. There are rules across. I don't know what the rules in California are. Uh, does there need to be nationalization on this so everybody knows what they should and should not be doing as in terms of limits? Absolutely. Yeah. Now in Kentucky, they used to have a limit on this particular uh, therapeutic drug. Now they don't. That rule changed last year. But yeah, we need. We desperately. This sport has needed a national body for years to oversee this. So you can have uniformity from state to state so the trainers know what they're dealing with. The penalties can be uniform. There's a law that was passed in December, that's, and hopefully this will be implemented by next summer. But it's one thing that people want to do the right thing. Then are they actually going to be able to do it? Who's going to sue who? And you know, I mean, <laughs> when there's this kind of money involved, right, Steve, you yeah. know, it's just usual chaos and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, it, it, that really needs to happen. Um you know, people say, well, you know, why did Maryland, why is Maryland letting the horse run when Kentucky banned Baffert's entries? I, look, it hasn't been decided yet, right? We don't even have the split sample back. Right. Isn't that a hearing? Right. Um, it, it's basically a, a, just a case of due process. I don't have any problem with Maryland doing it. And what they did down there was really smart. The Pimlico officials, they've given this horse a pre-race test. And if he fails it, he's gonna, they're not going to let him run. He's going right. to and that's more, that's fair to everybody, fair to the betters, fair to the other people that own horses, and everybody. My suspicion is this stuff is long since cleared, but uh, that, that's why they're doing the test. But, yeah, Kentucky was in a tough spot. I was kind of fascinated that they did what they did. But in many ways, Steve, it was kind of a, we're going to sound like a tough guy. We're banning him. But really, his horses were getting ready to leave anyway. Right. They were about to head to California or Maryland. Uh, there was nothing really left in Kentucky, but it should, well, we'll see what the racing commission and the stewards do once the uh, once the split sample comes back and, and, and the lawyers get involved and make their case for why this happened and why it didn't affect the horse's performance. But it, it's pretty much of a black and white rule. Right. I don't see how they're going to beat this. Right. Uh, I agree. And if that's true, and it was just a mistake, and given this, this is one of the colossal blunders. This is like Roberto DiVincenzo, right? <laughs> signing, signing the wrong scorecard in the Masters. I mean, just like, what? Because you know, I do not think, whatever was in or not in the system, I do not think that was the reason the horse won the race. My goodness, that was 1968, like Dancer's Image. There you go. Bad year. <laughs> Bob Goldie. That was a bad year. 
was like the worst year in the history of the Republic. I know. I mean, it was. Like, whatever could go wrong, you and I are old enough uh, to remember. Yeah. Whatever yeah. could go wrong did go wrong. Yeah. It's crazy. I remember having Denny McLean on the show a couple of years ago, and he said, to be honest with you, he said, we made a great run in 1968. We actually brought the city back. Yeah, people, there's there's a lot of great books on the year 1968. Probably, the, I mean, this, this is up, 2020 is up in Hunt. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the hunt. Yeah. It's definitely in the hunt after what, what everybody yeah. went through. Yeah. But yeah, 1968 were just political uh, madness. I mean, it was just like the country was on fire all year. Yeah. It's crazy. So finally, the the box on your box on Saturday is going to look like three five five three Medina Spirit Midnight Bourbon. Uh, I would prefer Midnight Bourbon on top because it's going to pay a little more. But yeah, yeah, those are my two. And I. Steve, I think not unlike the Derby, those first few hundred yards are going to tell you the tale, and, and it's going to be especially interesting to look at the three and the ten. Medina Spirit and Concert Tour, the two Bafferts, you know, with two veteran jockeys, what Johnny B and Mike Smith add, add their ages up there, combined 104. <laughs> so, so they've been around a while. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll see how we'll see how they play. Or 103. What's 55 and 49? Can I do this? 104. <laughs> Hundred four. See, I had it right the first time. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they play it because that's going to give you a sense of what's going on. Here's my guess. I think Medina Spirit goes, and I think uh, Concert Tour is in the vicinity, and maybe Mike Smith in the little moving screen on Midnight Burp. All right. Perfect. <laughs> we love that. That's what they did in the Belmont for Justify. They had right. the stablemates have a moving screen on the first turn. In, in, fact, in fact, you'll love this. Medina Spirit was the moving screen for Life is Good back in a race a couple months ago. <laughs> they just said, all right, make sure this other speed horse doesn't get there. Life is Good. So he went from a moving screen to the Derby winner with, at the moment, in quotation marks. Well, you can get away with it because Bo Borowski isn't officiating it. That's right. Bo, yeah. <laughs> Bo would have called them all, man. <laughs> Illegal screen. <laughs> ah, that's a fail. My yeah. man, Bo. <laughs> You're the best, man. Good to well, have you. You guys, that was a fun, fun 20, pal. It sure was. <laughs> Thanks, man. Right. Dick Girardi. And it, wow, it was a fun 20 minutes. Um, I realized we were talking about a subject that Matt hates because he hates the horse. But you know what? He's, he put it exactly nice and bluntly as I have been. See, but that was not, uh, that was a colossal blunder. Uh, just so you know, I mean, you can't do commentary based on personal hate and animus. <laughs> I, I only tell I give you my honest opinion, and that and, you, and Dick was pretty act, honest too, wasn't he? But you act like the horse rubbed the ointment on his own ankles. <laughs> In all likelihood, down the road, uh, Medina Spirit is going to be DQ'd, and Mandolin is going to be the Kentucky Derby winner. But, yeah, good. You know, and that will really, you know, galvanize all the, well, let's call it the way it is, the haters. All right, so. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing the horse can do. The horse is going by what the owner says. All so I there know you go. Right I understand now, that. Right now in the corner office. The suit is replaying the part where I asked about the box because Dick ran through the numbers so fast. The suit. <laughs> Hold on a second. Did he say three five? Hold on. Hold on. I thought he was still making sure he got his money from last time. We have. 
Uh, we have eight sales calls waiting. I need the numbers. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> All right. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Horse Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com on News Radio 1070 WKOK. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way? The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. So I actually have a question I think the suit can answer. Okay. Obviously, we have new guidance today, correct? Yep. Um, starting right away. In fact, I believe the first lady went to West Virginia today. She got on the plane wearing a mask. The guidance came down while the plane was in the air. She got off the plane not wearing a mask. So the first lady did that. Okay. Uh, so I want to get to the Indianapolis 500. They were going to allow 50% of people in. Is And it's going to be May 31st. I know it's in Indiana, so I don't know what the guidance is. But they were talking about 135,000 fans at the Indy 500. I wonder, will they now be allowed to go more? And can they be there maskless? Yeah, it's probably going to depend on the state, but the Department of Health for Pennsylvania just came out with a statement and said for Pennsylvania, what the CDC just said is just for fully vaccinated people. So if you're if you're still unvaccinated, you still um, you still have to mask in the based on the the um, guidance that the CDC just gave what two weeks ago. And then once Pennsylvania still gets to that 70% point, then it'll be fully lifted in Pennsylvania. Yeah, but that's what the CDC said. That's 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 not a clarification. <laughs> no offense. The CDC has said fully vaccinated people. Right. They didn't say they didn't say everybody. <laughs> so you it was know. more of a reminder, I guess. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a reminder of who's still in charge. All right, I got it. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, good one. Um, let's see. So, but my question is for the Indianapolis 500. I don't know what Indiana happens to be. I, you know, I don't know what they're because it sounds like Ohio's opening up fully. 
uh, by the end of the month, we would be. So if the Indy 500 were here, what would be allowed? So my question is, because the Kentucky Derby came and went, and like every like every other major gathering, which includes spring break down in Florida, okay, which included that South Dakota motorcycle rally last summer, things like that, and other things that happened last summer, we'll leave it at that. There are no super spreader events, which is one of the reasons why I think they did this. I wonder if now. The Indianapolis 500, they're going to have 135,000 people. That's the number right now. My question is, will they allow more? Now, the Indy 500, probably, between you, is probably, probably something you and I would go to and we'd wear a mask. I don't want anybody to know I'm here. All right, so. Actually, this is according to the Indy Star. The governor actually ended Indiana's mask mandate April 6th. Okay. Well, that's the mask mandate, but in terms of the gathering, the, the key is not the mask mandate. The key is the number of fans allowed. And maybe the Indianapolis Motor Speedway made its own independent um, let's see here. Indy 500 attendance. We'll look that up. Indy 500 attendance. Oh, look, the suit's picture came out. Oh, that's great. No. Has he ever been to the Indy 500? I don't think he's ever been. I believe that's correct. Let me see here. Indy 500. Indy 500 to increase. What's the date of this? You always have to look at the date of these things. The Indy 500 plans to plans to host 135,000 spectators next month. Okay, so that number's still there. The race ran without fans last year, which seemed normal compared to other IndyCar races. I wouldn't have put that sentence in there. S U I T. That spells Suda. Yeah, that's the only. It's still 135, I guess. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing, too. Wow. I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Because part of this mandate, by the way, for fully vaccinated people, now, of course, 135,000. What's the? I think you're going to have to guess that the percentage of people there that are fully vaccinated would be 50, right? Just as a, you know, just a general guess, because that's about what the I would say at the most, is. it'd be 50%. Yeah. yeah. But, but here's the part nobody talks about. I mean, let, okay, let, let's be honest about it. Okay? You can get the vaccine for free, right? Every single person should have been tested for antibodies, and it should have been free. That way you know if somebody has the antibodies, right? Everybody should have had that test. Because if you have the antibodies, it's as good it's probably is at probably is as good as the vaccine. Because it's natural immunity. So you don't know of the 135,000, so let's just take it. So half, let's take half. So half 135,000 is what, 67,500? Let's go with that. I think so. Oh, for goodness sakes. God, God. Can't, can't, can't you divide on the fly? All right. Uh, <laughs> Two big numbers. Oh, God. Okay. 
So 67,500, let's say, would be vaccinated. For all we know, the other 67,500, 25,000 may have had it and have and have the antibodies and have natural immunity. So now you're at almost 100,000 out of 135, which is better than two-thirds. See, that's the part... I mean, there's more to this than just, okay? I mean, I, that's the one part where I sit back and say, organizationally, that's been, to me, the missing piece of this. The missing piece, and, I've, and it's not something I haven't talked about before. I've talked about it several times. That, And I, how many times have you heard me say on the show, I wish people would test for antibodies? I mean, I know that, I mean, I, I have a son that works in a hospital, Okay. And before he got the shot, because he works in the hospital, he and his wife were both tested for antibodies because they'd been around it. And guess what? They both tested negative for it. Wow. Yeah. So they ended up getting the getting the shots. Neither one was sick, by the way. I'm just saying they didn't get it themselves. But because they were exposed to it so often, they wondered. Okay. And, of course, being in a hospital, they had the ability to be to get tested for it. All right. But, I mean, to me, that, to me that, isn't that part of the puzzle? Am I wrong about that? Well, one would think because even the CD, with, these, with this new guidance... It's also in there. You don't have to social distance with for right. fully vaccinated. Exactly. Or but do I'm, they create like like the some like the penguins or maybe other venues are going to be doing now? Do you create a vaccinated only section so you can allow more people in? I, I, again, I've read stories that some people have struggled with the vaccine, and they think it's because. It, they either already have it or they have antibodies. I think we should find out ahead of time. Now, I mean, we've we've already done this ourselves. I mean, so this is not a, you know, not even a thought process uh, on your part, my part, anybody's part. But I think overall, I'd want to know because then at that point, well, wait a minute. Okay, you have natural immunity. Now I'm not a doctor. I'm just attempt. I'm 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 barely able to play a sportscaster on the radio. <laughs> oh man! But at least that's a step in the right direction. And by the way, the head of the teachers union says, "Hey, we got to go back to school in the fall." Okay, great. There you go. I know you were thinking about going back to school, but you're a little old now. Yeah, I'm done. Well, obviously, you know, whatever school you went to taught you to hate horses. So, (laughs) (laughs) all right. Um, By the way, there are people that are trying to, you know, I may text Johnny Gallagher and see if we can get him on the show, talk about the Hartford situation, uh, about the going from Division I to Division Three. 
there's a lot of groundswell. Um, about trying to keep the program Division One, But Kathy Behrens, who's the vice chair for the Hartford Board of Regents, told CBS Sports the board is 100% committed to the decision that it made last week and is moving forward with the transition. But there's a lot of people around trying to get this changed. Johnny Gallo made a really, John Gallagher, Johnny Gallo made a really good point. He says, it's a lack of respect for the area that bothers me. It's the Whaler Syndrome. This area is better than people give it credit for. It's a phenomenal place to live, a phenomenal place to go to school, and the view of the place is not what it should be, and that's the angst I have. And believe me, when they lost the Whalers, they did lose a lot of rep because they had back-to-back things happen to them in Hartford. Okay, And the back-to-back things were losing the Patriots and losing the Whalers. You're saying, well, they didn't lose the Patriots. They did. They had the Patriots. Robert Kraft was having a lot of trouble with the legislature. Now, remember, he built Gillette Stadium. But before he built Gillette Stadium, he had proposed that he was going to build Gillette Stadium. The only thing that Robert Kraft asked for, he asked for the state legislature to approve $72 million for infrastructure. In other words, make Route 1 better so people can get in and out of the stadium. And the state legislature, led by the Speaker Tom Finnerton, said no. So what he did, Kraft, after the no, is looking around. So he actually cut a deal with Governor John Rowland of Hartford to build the Patriot Stadium in Hartford, adjacent to the Connecticut River, in a place called The Landing. And they had the agreement. And of course, in typical Connecticut style, they you know they fouled it up. There's a steam plant there, and they fought for over a year about how to remove the steam plant. Here's one for you. Here's a bulldozer, and I mean, I'd be the if I'm the governor, I'm in the bulldozer, and I'm plowing the thing. Get out of the way. <laughs> Just let's go. Okay. Well, in the meantime, during that year period, once they finally saw that the Patriots were serious about going to Hartford. Massachusetts passed the $72 million infrastructure bill, and Hartford couldn't get the steam plant, and Connecticut couldn't get the steam plant off the land. So the Patriots, he ended up building Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, adjacent to the old Sullivan Schaefer Stadium. And then the rest is history. But Hartford lost the Patriots and the Whalers in a short period of time. Whalers ended up going to Carolina. And so he's right. They have that kind of image. So, interesting story. A-Rod and group bought the Minnesota Timberwolves $1.5 billion. That is significant. Why? Not because it's A-Rod and not because it's a group that bought them. It's the $1.5 billion that's critical. I am of the strong opinion that the NBA and Major League Baseball, in order to get themselves financially back on track post-pandemic, need to find ways for quick cash. There is one easy solution to quick cash in sports, and that is expansion. This $1.5 billion that A-Rod's group is going to pay Glenn Taylor to buy the Minnesota Timberwolves, to me, is the guideline for expansion. Tack on another $500 million to it, 
and now you got two billion for an expansion team. You expand by two to keep the numbers even to go from thirty to thirty-two. That's four billion. And baseball, by the way, would probably be in the same boat. Maybe not at two billion per, but let's just say one point five to one point seven, or even one point seven five. So you could get anywhere from three billion to three and a half billion. What bothers me is you're writing the numbers down, trying to add and subtract. But what are you doing? You're scaring me on numbers. <laughs> Math was never my strongest suit. You couldn't take the 135,000 and divide it by two? You couldn't do that? You couldn't come up with the 67,000? That sounded like it was correct, but I I would have to just double-check doing the quick calculator. I'm just ad-libbing this show. (laughs) Back with more in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Mo. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. It's just sad. This has not been your best day. I mean, I know you're off for a three-day weekend. Mentally, you started the three-day weekend at 2 o'clock. <laughs> this is why I need the three-day vacation. I mean, I'm sitting here, you know, I take 135 and divide it by two. You don't even know if it's right. I <laughs> We go through the Eagles schedule. I told a friend of mine it would take you five, four to five games to catch on that I was having the Eagles lose every game as a joke. And we went through all 17, and you never caught on. No good! No good! No good! And then you think the horse actually orders the ointment and eats, and, and then has special hay brought in on his instruction because he's the derby winner and the king. <laughs> and it's, it's just, you know, it's just standing there, and you just, you know, and you hate the horse. It just hasn't been your best day. I'm telling you right now, I know I'm going to miss what to watch for tomorrow. I'm just going to give a flat-out prediction. Bedina Spirit is somehow going to win the Preakness and set the world on fire. That is my prediction. It's an odd Preakness because... I mean, the other Baffert horse that Dick and I talked about that finished third in the Arkansas Derby... Nobody knows how good that horse is. I mean, because the Arkansas Derby trip, he stunk. Right? You know, it's, it's like uh, horses are like any athlete. You just and, and even more unpredictable. Because, in other words, now, and obviously an athlete can give you a bogus answer. But you can't look at the horse and say, hey, how are you feeling today? And get an answer. I mean, do you know how many times the suit has stood there in the barn and looked at the horse and said, "Tell me, can you? Uh, do you feel strong today?" Like, was he making him smell uh, the money? Oh, for God! I mean, I, I, I tried to tell the suit, like Mister Ed is a is a, is fake. <laughs> Slip him a twenty. <laughs> oh, I got fifty bucks, Wilbur. <laughs> I. I think the suit's been too influenced by television. He thinks, like, like after watching Mr. Red, some of them can talk. No. <laughs> you wonder why the Shiklimi broadcasts go in the direction they go in. <laughs>